Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Today, as we continue our series, Kingdom Come, we examine what it means for God's kingdom to come and His will to be done in our lives. Listen as we discover how the Lord's Prayer changes everything we think, everything we say, and everything we do. And so today, as we, as, we begin to, um, as we begin the second part of our sermon series, Kingdom Come, i got to catch a few of you up, because I know that a few of you weren't here last week. We began this new sermon series called Kingdom Come. And this is a line-by-line series of the Lord's Prayer. Now, the Lord's Prayer... Was, was shared by Jesus in both the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. And when Jesus said to the, the disciples in Luke in particular, asked, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus simply says this, pray like this. Maybe you've heard the, a Lord's Prayer series before and, and you've, you've heard people say, pray like Jesus. No, pray like this. Like literally pray this prayer. And what we discovered last week is that there is immense amount of meaning in this prayer. And that if you have ever been stumped of how to talk to God, the Lord's Prayer is the way to start. It not only gives us structure for how to pray, it gives us content to pray. It not only addresses the things that you and I need in life, but it also worships God to the fullest. It is legitimately the perfect prayer. And would we expect anything less coming from Jesus? Anybody? No? Okay, that's good. You guys awake? So last week, we looked at the very first, uh, first line. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And as we looked at this, we found out that the one God who created us, the one God who saved the world through Jesus Christ, the one who sustains this world, the one who cares about this world, he's mighty and powerful and infinite and all of these things, he's holy, is also our Father. He is our father. And not just like father, you know, like a biological father, the intimate relationship father, Abba father, dad. He is our dad who provides for us, who guides us, who leads us in everything. And so our lives, when we begin to say our God or our father who art in heaven, we are automatically saying that we believe that the one true God is our father. And that's only because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross and raising again the very on three days later. We learned that hallowed be thy name is an act of worship, that our lives is an opportunity to make God's name holy. But keeping with the same principle of dad. I want to move, we we begin to look into the next line today. And before we get there, I want to bring up some memories of of your life. Probably when you were a child, 
Or maybe you ha this happened to you just yesterday because you're a parent, okay? So any of you remember a moment that you would go to your dad or your parents, right? And you would ask them for something. I'll give you this. For me, for me like, uh, we would eat in school probably around 11, 11.30, you know, sometimes noon, but usually it was in the earlier parts of the day. And I'd get home at 3 or 3.30, and because I am a growing child, I get hungry. And you go to your parents and you say, can I have a snack? Can I have this piece of candy? Oh, we're, gonna, we're having Halloween this coming week. The week after Halloween was like, can I have some Halloween candy for a snack? Right? Yes. Because you, you have like all these Snickers. You've thrown away all the black licorice. Uh, <laughs> and you go to your parents and say, can I have this? And they say, no. Well, that's not sitting well with me. Come on, I mean, I, I haven't eaten for like four hours. Don't you know that I'm growing? I need this candy. Candy is really needed. And they say, no. You'll spoil your dinner. Or maybe as you get older into teenage years, you start talking about curfew and you, you want to go out with your friends and things like that. And you ask your parents, hey, can I stay out to maybe 11? No. Come on. No. But why? And this is, this is the moment where in that relationship between you and your parents, there's this conflict, right? Because you want your own way, but you live in your parents' house. And your parents, you ever heard of the concept of my house, my rules, right? And we have to abide by these rules, and it stinks because I have developed a way as a teenager, as a kid, to justify my request. I have a good request, and the fact that you are saying no stinks. And I'll let you know about it, and then I'll get grounded. <laughs> Right? Do, how many of you remember doing this with your parents? How many of you as a parent did this yesterday? <laughs> or maybe this morning, right? See, it, it's really funny. Mark Twain, I love this quote from Mark Twain. When I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much he had learned in seven years. <laughs> But the reality of it is, when we have parents, there, there's a moment where our way and our wants and our will conflicts with our parents. And this is the most beautiful way to, to say this, because as we talked last week, he is our father. And as we move into the second line, we begin to realize that the my house, my rules begin to apply as we pray this prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The, these words, friends, are powerful, but they also are heavy. And what you and I are going to learn today, that these, just these, these two small phrases, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, It's transformative. And as we pray this prayer, we are praying for things 
far bigger than our own lives, far bigger than our own wants, far bigger than eating Halloween candy before dinner. Now, before we get into it deeply, some of you might be wondering, is this a part of the prayer where, where Jesus is, is allowing us to you know, sh- you know, bring our requests to him? And, and there's a little bit of that in here. Any good person who is praying for something specific in their life and not praying the Lord's Prayer, any good person who, is, who really believes that God wants what's best will pray for something and then say, your will be done. You will hear that all the time in our pastoral prayers. When we pray for specific people, when we pray for circumstances, when we pray for the, our, our friends and family who are sick or a financial situation, the concept of thy will be done is, is a trust moment. And so yes, this line is, refers to that a little bit, but it's far bigger than that. So let's, let's look at really what Jesus is meaning when he prays, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. First of all, thy, if if you haven't been in church for a long time, we sometimes use some old English. Thy means your, just so you know. We don't use thy very often in our vernacular anymore. So I just want to make sure that you know, it's like, what is thy? It's your, your kingdom come. So when, when, when we say thy kingdom come or your kingdom come, we begin to realize that Jesus preached about the kingdom probably more than any other thing in the Gospels. In fact, you have, you have, a, uh, you have a note taking place right now, okay? You have a note thing? Uh, get, get a pen out. And, and I want you to write some notes down, okay? I, I, I want to encourage you to read some kingdom passages this week. I really mean this. And this is just in one gospel. You don't even have to leave Matthew, okay? In Matthew chapters 4 through 6, Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 19, 20, 22 and 25. We actually have a slide with that on there, David, if you want to show that. These chapters, I encourage you this week, just in the Gospel of Matthew, to read what Jesus said about the kingdom. And because you all don't want me to preach for, you know, 12 hours, because, you know, we've, we've still got about three hours left, um, <laughs> We're not going to go into these in in major depth today. But rather, we're we're going to sort of discover what the kingdom of God is like. And you can read all of this this coming week. God's kingdom is very unique. And so when we say, your kingdom come, we need to really understand what that kingdom is. The kingdom is where Jesus' work and Jesus' love and his truth and his grace and his mercy is actualized in the world around us. It is present in the world around us. It's not some kind of belief system. It's not some kind of emotion 
or singular experience. It is when the words of Christ are being enacted around us. So when you look at Matthew chapter 4 and you read the words, blessed are the poor in spirits and blessed are those who grieve and blessed are those who are meek and blessed are the beatitudes that we talk about. The kingdom of God is when the people that he is being discussed is being blessed. The kingdom of God is filled with moments of forgiveness and reconciliation. When people come to know God and accept His forgiveness and then in turn begin to forgive people that we sometimes think don't deserve to be forgiven. Forgive Ohio State special teams play last night, everybody. Yikes. It's the moments when Jesus goes to somebody who can do nothing for themselves, who has been lame for years upon years, and Jesus doesn't say, hey, try harder. <laughs> no, he goes and he touches them, and they are healed, and they are brought up, and they have brand new life. The kingdom of God is when peace is being spread throughout the entire earth. The kingdom of God is when people are not cynical and they think that the worst is going to happen, but they actually have hope that God is going to see his promises through and through and through. The kingdom is when we love our neighbors as ourselves. It's when we give to those who are in need. It's when we feed the hungry and clothe the naked. The kingdom of heaven is the reign of God actualized in our world. And all of you are thinking to yourselves, yeah, this is the stuff that we live for. This is the stuff that we want to see, right? I mean, there's very few of us in the world that want to say, you know, people who are hungry across the world, they should stay hungry. If you say that, whoo, we need to talk. Uh, <laughs> there is none of us who want to see families torn apart by conflict, by cheating, by divorce. There's none of us that want to see people being stolen from. None of us want to see these things. And so when we think that your kingdom come, we're getting really excited because the kingdom is an exciting place. It is the stuff that we want to see happen in this world. But we've got to pump the brakes for a second. Because the kingdom of God is also the same kingdom where Jesus spoke to a few people pretty harshly. There were some people who wanted to come and follow Jesus and say, I want to be in your kingdom. In particular, there's a man who, who had a lot of things. He had a lot of possessions. 
He said, I want to follow you. And Jesus responds, you know, what is your life like? Oh, great, you're doing a lot of it right. Now, here's, here's the one thing to follow me. Sell all of your possessions to the poor and follow me. And the man went away sad because he had a lot of possessions. We don't know if he was willing to sell them or not. But Jesus confronted him about that. There's another moment that, that Jesus had a man come up to him and say, hey, I really, really want to follow you. Great, cool. Come on, let's do this. But wait a minute, Jesus. I just had some family members who died. They died. Family members who died. We, we think of you know, funerals, consoling. Jesus is going to be really nice. And he goes, let the dead bury their own dead. The kingdom of God is beautiful, but there is cost. It was really interesting, even while Jesus was, was hanging on the cross, there was a man who was right next to him who had done terrible things his entire life. Equivalent to how our society would treat somebody on death row. They did the wrong. They need their punishment. In the very last moments of that man's life, of terrible things that he did, stealing and killing and lying, and all of these different things, he says to Jesus, remember me when you go into your kingdom. And Jesus says to this guy, I truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. See, the kingdom of God costs a whole lot. But then there's moments where Jesus offers this grace that is, just doesn't seem right. The kingdom of God is this elusive understanding and physical manifestation of God's work. When people come to God and love him and ask for forgiveness. And in turn, begin to do his work with that new life. For us, go and show this. For us to pray God's kingdom to come, we must suffer for the kingdom to reign. For us to pray God's kingdom to come, we must suffer for the kingdom to reign. In other words, God's house, God's rule. Our ways and our will must be brought to Him. And we must humble ourselves in such a way to allow him to work in us. And that's really difficult because today's day and age, we, we treat church like we need to find the church that fits around my particular social, social life. You can go to a church 
that believes that drinking is not good for you. You can come to go to a church where drinking is not good for you. You can go to a church where they marry certain people and you can go to another church that doesn't marry certain people. You can go to a church where they use wine for communion. You can go to a church that uses grape juice. There's a church for everything. But that's not what we're saying when we say thy kingdom come. What we're saying is, God, your kingdom come into my life and work into the world around me. It is taking yourself and sacrificing it for God to do his work. This is hard because we like our way. We like our things. We like our lifestyle. We like our affiliations. We like our friendships. We like our politics. We like our, you name it. <laughs> Think of something that you like. And the question that this line presents us with is, is it given to God? Because if we say that your kingdom is to come, and we're saying we are willing to participate as believers in it to come. We participate in the healing of relationships and the healing of people. We participate in giving to others who are in need. We participate in the feeding of those who are hungry. We participate in the lifting up of each other to God. We participate actively in forgiving people who we at first thought maybe they don't need forgiven. Yes, they do. We participate in all aspects of God's kingdom. Otherwise, to say thy kingdom come and your life does not reflect it means that you are being the dirty, dirty word of a hypocrite. Nobody likes a hypocrite. Christians don't like hypocrites. People outside the church don't like hypocrites. <laughs> Nobody likes hypocrites. So our lives must be entirely surrendered to him. And we serve and do his kingdom. In saying your kingdom come, we are acknowledging that faith in Jesus is not simply an idea or an emotion. It is a concrete reality in which we are to become part or else appear to be out of step with the way things are now. That God has come into the world in Jesus. The Christian faith is not about here. I hit my head hard there. It's not about here. It's about all of this. and the vehicle you drove here, and the house you live in, and the family that's around you, and your coworkers that drive you nuts and you want to smack sometimes, and the guy who cut you off as you got on the bypass. That happened to us just the other day. It's when your family is incredibly 
unjust in how they treat you as opposed to another person. It's in even how you see the world. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, this is, this is tough because I have opinions. I have wants. I have ways. Guess what? Everybody does. Guess what everybody else has too? A belly button. I learned that, believe it or not, from our DS. So bringing that may have just you know, ruined everything. But yeah, he says that. Everybody has opinions. You know what's everybody else? Belly buttons. It's true. Actually, there's probably some medical exception, and I'm probably <laughs> we have a, some, a medical uh, personnel here probably come up and tell me something differently. Now, as we move into the second part of this line, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is truly an amazing declaration because when you say your will be done on earth as in heaven, you are declaring that God is going to do something about the kingdom to come. That God is going to do something in this world for his kingdom to come. You are saying that God is ultimately responsible for his kingdom to come. And if you are putting that responsibility on God, and we just talked about what we need to be doing, that means that you are saying that God work in me. See, when we talk about God's will to be done, what we're saying is we are asking God to inhabit us, to sanctify us, to change us completely so that his kingdom will come. Your will be done asks God to move within you to be a part of the greater kingdom. Now you might be thinking to yourself, what if God's will is slower than I want it to be? Or what if God's will is something that I don't want to do? Yeah, it's sort of like when we talked about my house, my rules. It's based on what God wants to be done. I've heard that praying for his kingdom to come is a plea for, for hope. And praying for his will to be done is a plea for patience. <laughs> we want your will to be done. We might be patient. We have to be patient, though, for God to work. Now, some of you might be thinking to yourself, there's a lot of junk in the world. I, I don't really see how this is working. Has, 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 God, or has God not just answering this prayer? Or 
you know, what about my own life? Like, if I'm going to be a part of the kingdom and his will to be done, what if I decide to do my own thing and not do his will? Am I going to mess up everything? Are the trustees that we vote on and champion, are they going to mess up things in the next few weeks? Is this world leader going to mess up things? No. Because God's kingdom is coming and God's will is going to be done, regardless of our willingness to participate or not. And for some of us, that's like, yeah! And for some of us, it's like, that's terrifying. Because everything that you just talked about, Matt, isn't necessarily what's happening in my life. And to hear that God's will is going to be done and his kingdom is going to come with, with or without me is terrifying. Because I haven't said yes to God's kingdom and his will in my life, in all parts of my life. I still hold on to this habit that I really, really am attached to. I still hold on to this grudge I have against my sister. I still hold on to the lust and the porn that I watched whenever I was a teenager. I still hold on to my possessions so dearly because I'm afraid of losing everything. I still hold on to my kids so tightly. I still hold on. Fill in the blank. Is God's will going to still happen? For God promised through his son that on some glorious day he would return. And he would return to redeem the rest of creation back to him. And there will be some judgment there too. God's coming back. He's not staying up here in heaven. He's coming back. And so the question is, is our lives living like Jesus has returned already? What do you need to give up for his kingdom to come and his will to be done? Now, I, I got to share something with you a little bit more personal. Because a lot of people like to throw God's name around a little bit when it comes to his will. I can't tell you how many people I know who have told me, God asked me to do this. God asked me to do this. And this is a very interesting moment because when somebody comes to you with this personal revelation, the question is, is the revelation actually in line with the will of God? How do we know if God is speaking to us and asking us to do something and whether or not it actually is God? Because there's been cults before and God has told some people really crazy things and it didn't necessarily work out for the people who followed that person. And the answer to that is refer to the kingdom. Does this thing 
that you are feeling moved to do. Fit inside of the kingdom? Does it fit within the reconciliatory process that God has given us? Does it, does it fit in with promoting peace? Does it serve others? Does it give to others in need? Does it make disciples of all nations? Does it glorify God? And if you're not exactly sure about it, then let's talk about it. Don't assume that you know that this is indeed God's will. Because guess what? Go back one slide, David. Or to the very beginning. The very beginning of the prayer. Who are we praying to? Our Father. It's not your Father. God doesn't say to just you, hey, build this. No, he, he says, hey, I want you to do this. Yeah, but is it going to be in line with your kingdom? So you go to your brother and your sister in Christ and you talk about it and decide and, and figure out. Because as Paul has said, work out your faith with fear and trembling. God has revealed himself to, to us as a group. Jesus didn't find one disciple and say, hey, I'm the son of God. Guess what that disciple would be doing today? He'd be like, mm, I don't, I, we, we wouldn't have received what we have today. He revealed himself to multiple people so that there is this understanding among multiple people of what God wants us to do. He's our father. And his kingdom and his will is not just for you in particular. It's for us, the world. Now, to, to bring it all full circle, going back to the, the parental issues that we had, wanting our own way, right? That moment when you asked for candy before dinner, they said no. But at dinner, your mom or your dad says to you, hey, make sure you eat your broccoli. Ugh. No. Please eat your broccoli. You need to eat your broccoli because you need to grow. You, know, you start with the, 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 the reality of it's healthier for you. You, need, you don't actually say healthy because kids are like, I don't want anything healthy. Uh, but it will help you grow to be big and strong. I don't really want to. And then you finally show the card that you've been holding all day as a parent. Please eat your broccoli. We would like to take you to Kate's Corner tonight. And all of a sudden, the meltdown you had about Halloween candy is far gone. Because your parents had something far greater for you at the end. By giving up that candy, you're getting the best ice cream in our area. Or maybe it, it manifests itself like this. Teenagers. Teenagers want to do everything. I want to do this. I want to do that. 
They also want to look good, too. I want these kinds of shoes, or I want these kinds of pants, right? I'm speaking directly to Kyle, because Kyle loves his shoes. <laughs> I really want this. And the parents say, we can't right now. We can't. Later on down the way, as, and I'm not saying that this is directly to you, family, Deneens, but this is a story that I, I know has happened. It has happened in my own personal life, where my mom would say no about certain things. And as I graduated high school, she shared with me, here, this is to help you get through college so that you are not as in debt. And throughout that entire teenage years, those no's were actually yeses to my future. God's our Father. He knows what's best for us. And His kingdom and His will is far greater than anything you and I want. Period. And so as we pray this prayer, we really need to take that seriously. We really need to allow Him to change us and change our world through us. Because he's going to do it anyways. I'm going to leave you with this thought. Prayer in Jesus' name is lifelong training in taking God's will a little more seriously and our own will a little less so. Thank you for listening to Champion Church the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope that today's message was inspiring to you. We would love for you to join us on a Sunday. Our services are Sunday mornings at 1030. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. For more information, you can visit us at championnaz.org. We hope that you have a blessed week, and thanks again for listening.